0: One of the most important aspects of leadership as a pastor is how you speak to your church about your church. Communication is a massive part of preaching, holding people's attention and compelling them with your words to take certain actions. That's what we do when we preach. But equally as important as that is using your words to speak identity into your congregation, literally telling them who they are and who you want them to be to make your vision come alive. There's a lot of power in that, which is why you have to be very responsible with that power. In this episode, what I want to talk about is particularly how important it is to speak to your church about your church, to literally tell them what they are and who they are. It's going to be an amazing episode you're not going to want to miss. Stick around. My name's Lane. This is the Preaching Donkey Podcast. This is episode 89. If you're just joining us, thank you for stopping by. I am your humble host, and I want to tell you about something really exciting coming up tomorrow, Thursday, February 23rd. So if you're watching this live or when I put this up today, this is tomorrow, February 23rd. I'm hosting a live training called the 5.0. Pillars of Strategic Church Leadership. It's going to be at noon central tomorrow, February 23rd. We're going to be live on the interwebs, okay, on Zoom. Go to preachingdonkey.com slash leadership workshop. That's where you can register. It's totally free. All you need to do is register and you'll be able to join us live tomorrow, February 23rd at noon now we're going to talk about the five pillars of strategic church leadership and particularly we're going to talk about the alignment between your preaching and your leadership i think often what i have found in my several years of both being a pastor and working with pastors is that typically preachers in particular in particular will either focus on their leadership or they're preaching, but seldom both. And a lot of this has to do with personality and preference and just what we're drawn to, and there's nothing wrong with having a preference toward either one. But sometimes people who are really into preaching can sometimes have blind spots related to their leadership, and sometimes people who are really into leadership can have blind spots related to their preaching. So what I wanna do in this workshop is talk about five key areas, five pillars, where if you can align these two aspects of your leadership with your preaching, these five aspects of your leadership with your preaching, what happens is you begin to maximize the impact of both. Now, I wanna tell you, one of those pillars is communication and particularly how you communicate uh, about your church and what you communicate with them. It's so much of this goes back to communication because as a pastor, as a preacher, you have the ability to speak things into existence, okay? That's what God did in Genesis 1. I'm not saying you are a God, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that words have incredible power to form the culture of your church, the vision of your church to make that come alive. And so you need to learn, every, every one of us as leaders have to learn how to speak to our church. So that's tomorrow communication is one of the five pillars, so I've already given it away, but we're gonna talk about it particularly how to use it, then there are four other pillars that are just as strategic and just as important. So, totally free, noon central. We're gonna do a live workshop. We'll have a Q&A. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Can't wait to see you there. And you can register at uh, preachingdonkey.com slash leadership workshop. All right, now today's episode has a lot to do with this because today we're gonna to talk about one aspect of communication and leadership, and that is speaking identity into your church to tell your church what they are or to tell your church who they are. And this is a really simple principle and it's a really simple shift that you can make in the way that you communicate to your church about your church that can make a massive difference. So it's a small thing, but it makes a big difference we're going to jump into it right now. This is an article that I originally wrote on, at PreachingDonkey.com in August of 2015. So at that time, I was just a young buck, a young pastor, and I was meeting with a lot of pastors in my area. I lived in the DC area at the time. I reached out to, I think, nine pastors of the largest churches in my area. Went to the lead pastors and just said, I would like some time with you. To learn from you, and I had specific questions I was asking them, and I think out of the nine pastors I reached out to, eight of them got back with me, and and I met with them, and the the guy who didn't, I don't think uh, it was any fault of him. I I think I think he just couldn't or something. But eight people agreed to meet with me, and I learned a ton talking to these pastors of these large churches. Some of them had grown the churches from the start. You know, they had planted the churches and they just got large. Others of them walked into a situation where the church was already mid-sized and they were able to grow it over time. And then others had walked into a situation where the church was already large and they were maintaining that uh, size and, and growing it at some level. So pastors at all different levels of uh, of abilities and, uh, and history and background with their churches, but all of them had amazing things that I learned from just a 45 minute conversation in some cases, or a hour and a half long lunch. In other cases, it was really, really interesting. This particular person said something that stuck with me. And here's what he said. I'll I'll go ahead and jump into the article. I recently met with a pastor who leads a thriving church in my area. So again, I wrote this in 2015. So it's not so recent anymore, but Uh, you can see what happened. I recently met with a pastor, who leads a thriving church in my area. He planted the church in 2003, 2003, and it has grown from three families to 2,500 people in attendance today. So this was a span at that time of about 12 years. The church now is almost 20 years old, around. It should be 20 years old soon. But at the time, it was 12 years old, and it had grown from three families to 2,500 people relatively quickly. He spent an hour sharing lots of fantastic insights about casting vision, setting direction, bringing people along on mission to reach the community. Now, before I get into the kind of one big idea that really stuck with me, one thing that he mentioned in this conversation that so many of these other pastors also mentioned, so I feel like it's worth repeating. It, there was this theme through all of these these interactions with these guys of having to give up the idea that you can make everybody happy with you. That theme came up in all eight conversations. To a person, they all said the same thing. If you want to lead and lead well, you cannot and will not please everyone. There are going to be people who are unhappy with you no matter what you do. So you have to be crystal clear about the calling you have, about the direction you feel like God has you taking the church and you got to proceed with wisdom and with the the right people on board and you have to let everything else fall away. You cannot lose sleep over the people who will be upset with you because they will find a reason. And if you make these people happy, these other people are going to be upset. What did COVID teach us, right? When that happened, you had people who wanted everything shut down. You had other people who wanted everything to stay uh, live and in person. You had other people who said you're being irresponsible. You had other people saying you're being unspiritual. It was a mess. We all had to walk through that. So that was kind of like a just a magnification of this principle. You cannot please everyone. So the key is not just forget what everybody thinks, who cares about them, I can't please them anyway. That's not what I'm saying. Some people take that approach and it's ultimately proves to be unhelpful and unhealthy in a lot of cases. So it's not just a total disregard for everybody's opinion. It is a confidence in the direction that God wants you to take the church. And that should never be made, that decision should never be made in a vacuum, all right? There's a lot of wisdom in leadership teams, elders, whatever you call it at your church, having a plurality of leadership and moving forward with confidence, knowing that not everybody's going to be happy with you. That's very different than a one-man show, autocratic leadership style, it, we're going to die on this hill, and if you don't like it, go to some other church. That You can grow a church quickly that way, but it's not healthy and it's not biblical, arguably. So... But the the big key principle here is something that I like to revisit often in my own spiritual journey, my own spiritual leadership, and and really just in my own life. This question Paul asks in Galatians 1.10, he says, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I still trying to please men or people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So he gives this dichotomy between either what I'm doing as in his case, a missionary church planter is what I'm doing particularly for the purpose of winning people's approval, or is it for the purpose of winning God's approval? I can't do both. And because I've determined that I'm a servant of Christ, I have to let this go. These people aren't happy with me. Eh, It is what it is. So with that, that setting that aside, that was a theme I felt like was worth mentioning. He said one thing that was just monumental to me, and I hope it will have the same effect on you that it did on me. He said this, I want to share with you one of the most valuable uh, insights, one of the most valuable things he told me. Tell your church what they are. Tell your church what they are, and eventually they'll become that. That's exactly the way he put it. Tell your church what they are, and eventually they'll become it. These words rang inside my head as he explained that his job as a pastor is to set the expectation high and let his church know he believes that's who they are, and eventually they'll become that. So set the expectation high Let the church know that this is who they are, and eventually, they'll become that. Great leaders set high expectations and truly believe their church is capable of meeting them. This principle is the same in school teaching. If a teacher expects a lot out of a student, the student will likely rise to the occasion and deliver. If the teacher expects very little from a student, the student will meet the low expectation every time, meaning that they won't rise to... The occasion because they're only rising to the expectation and the expectation is low so their output is low very few will rise above low expectations so during our conversation this pastor told me a story from the early days of his church it was christmas eve they had one service in the elementary school where their church met weekly they ran out of space and it was standing room only wall to wall packed with people The fire code was exceeded, and they were completely at capacity. There were a few dozen people that could not fit inside the building and were gathered outside in the cold winter weather. At one point during the night, he went outside and realized that the people bearing the cold were the regular attenders. They had given up their seats to let the guests have the good seats inside. He often tells the church, this story. And here's the key. He says this, he says, let me tell you what you did. You gave up your seats so that people far from God could hear the truth of the gospel and follow Jesus. That's the kind of church you are. So this is just one example of a situation where years ago at the beginning of their church, he observed something happening where his regular attendees and members of his church decided to give up the comfortable, warm seats inside and to step outside and let the guests come in. And he uses that example to tell his church, this is what you are. This is what you did. This is the kind of church that you are. Imagine how powerful this can be when he's trying to speak to his church about the direction he wants to go. Let's say that he wants to expand, he wants to grow, and he wants to tell his church, hey, you're the kind of people that make sacrifices, personal sacrifices so that other people can experience what you've been able to experience. Imagine the power of being able to speak that kind of truth and that kind of life and really that kind of identity into your people. It's a really powerful tool. He said, to this day, it's part of their church's culture to be hospitable. When they run out of room, which happens often, the regulars give up their seats. His job is to remind them constantly who they are as a church. He gave a few examples. You're the kind of church who gives up their seats so that others can meet Christ. You're the most generous church in the world. You tell your friends about Jesus and invite them to church. All of these are You are statements. He's telling his church what they are, and eventually they'll become that. Preaching is the best opportunity to tell your church what they are. Last week, I gave a sermon on serving. At one point, I said, You are a serving church. This is what this is who we are as a church. We serve one another above ourselves. I said it both because I believe it and because I want them to believe it. And this is key. You have to believe what you're saying. People can see through a fluffy, superficial, fake, you're a whatever. So you got to believe it about your church. At least you have to believe it about the, the core of your church, the key members of your church. You, you've got you've to train and lead in this direction and then believe it and then believe it for them. Believe it about them and believe it for them. And eventually what happens is they start to become what you're speaking into them. So rather than saying, you need to serve more, or this church doesn't serve enough, a lot of people, a lot of pastors will take this approach where it's, it's kind of like a negative, we need to, or we're not enough, or only 34% of you give regularly. And if, you know, if only 66% of you gave, it would be so much better. The problem with that is what it does is it sets people on the defensive right especially if they're not one of the ones serving they're not one of the ones giving immediately they go into a protection mode where they put up a wall and it's and now you've got to kind of break through that barrier to get to their heart and pull something out of them the problem and that doesn't work what you want to do is instead of saying you're not giving shame on you say this church is a giving church. You are a giving people. What does that do? Well, now all of a sudden, if somebody's not giving or not serving, they feel like they're missing out. Right? They're they're not a part of something that must be amazing because everybody's doing it. Everybody's a part of it. Nobody can get enough of this, and yet they're not doing it. So now all of a sudden, they're left out of something really cool and really fun. And that's not in a mean way. It's more of a come be a part of what we're doing because this is who we are as a church. So Andy Stanley says it's better to inspire people to do what's right than to tell them what they're wrong, to tell them that they're wrong. And that's kind of essentially a summation of what I just said. Telling your church what they are or who they are invites and inspires people to be a part of the amazing work to which God has called them. I'll say that again. Telling your church what they are invites and inspires them to be part of the amazing work to which God has called them. It inspires them to become the hospitable, generous, serving people that you see them being and that you see in them. So in your next sermon, try this. And I believe you'll see some, some of your people come alive and be inspired. So figure out in your next sermon, what is the application What is the step that you want people to take? So let's say that you are speaking about serving. Let's use that as an example. So you're talking about maybe serving in the church, maybe serving in the community, maybe serving in, in your family, maybe serving overseas on mission trips. So you're talking about serving in some capacity. Rather than saying, I sure wish more people in our church would serve, or I'm praying that more people will serve. Instead of it being kind of this, this, place of weakness where I wish more or I want more or more should or we need more. It's we are a serving church and then show examples of people in the church engaging in service and make it look like the amazing, attractive thing that it is. Make it come alive how beneficial and life-giving it is to be a part of these teams that go and do and serve. And what happens is, is people want to be a part of that and it rises, People, the church rises to the occasion and it becomes a part of the overall identity and genotype of the church. It's what they do. It's who they are. It's built in. It's woven into their DNA. It's an identity thing. That's really, really Powerful. So try that in your next sermon. Shift the application just a little bit to a you are, we are, instead of a you should and we need. And I think you'll see a lot of cool results out of it. Be sure to register for the workshop, preachingdonkey.com slash leadership workshop. You are going to be so glad you did. Can't wait to see you there tomorrow, February 23rd, 2023 at noon central for the five pillars of strategic church leadership I'll see you there and I'll also see you in the next episode.